This podcast, The Two Mats, is sponsored as ever by the New European Newspaper. And we've got a very special subscription offer for you, a new one, where you can get a free bollocks to Brexit passport cover. That's right, you heard that right, folks. It's a burgundy, like vegan leather, beautifully designed passport cover. Pleather. To, to have pleather, that's what, that's what they call it, isn't it? Pleather. To hide your um, new British blue. The shame of the, the blue shame, The shame passport. of the blue passport. And you can get your free bollocks to Brexit passport cover free with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. So to take this fantastic offer, and trust me, if you like this podcast, you will absolutely love the New European, go to theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S, and there's a link in the show notes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group working to stop a Tory hard Brexit and building for the Labour bloc at the People's Vote March on the 20th of October. Make sure you're there. Jerry is here. I'm here. As am I. I'm back from conference. We'll get to that. Steve is around, but he's not here. <laughs> he's not I, here right this so second. It, so it'll be me and Jerry for the most part this week. There will be a Brexit of the week, so Steve will, will be doing that. Um, but I think we need to sp- speak at some length, Jerry, about... Yeah. Tory party conference. You're back in one piece. Well, do you know what? I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> um, physically, yes. But the spirit of, of you. <laughs> bits of my spirit have certainly been lost along the way. And it wasn't just because it was Tory conference. Bits of my spirit were broken at Labour as yes, well, let me tell yes. you. Um, it's been uh, an extraordinary party conference season, as I think we expected. Yeah. Um, it couldn't have been anything but, could it? No. And, you know... I will speak about Boris in a little bit, mm. but um, the just the the fact that both of the I thought that we were going to have worse conferences for both leaders. Yeah, and I said on the pod last week, Corbyn will be pleased that he got through this conference without anything major kicking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it didn't really. And the, and the Brexit debate was sort of a fudge. Sort of was there. Some people on the on the positive side, some positive remainers, to say, well, they're back to people's vote. Some more pessimistic among us are saying, well, they're not quite, not quite. But Labour policy certainly has changed, and that's down to, to a lot of campaigning from um, lots of friends of this podcast, yeah, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we should take the positives from that. Uh, Tory conference, 
Teresa really was up against it again going yeah. to that conference. <laughs> Much like she is at every conference, at, at, at every event, at every turn, every at every day. meeting, at every, uh, you Literally, know, sitting in the house. Every the day of her life is a challenge. <laughs> and, um, and when the letter went in just before the speech, the letter of resignation, I was thinking, this is coordinated. Yeah. By the time she stands up, we're going to have had 48 MPs putting their letters God. in at least. And I mean, that would have been brilliant. That would have been, yeah. Um, but alas, no, just the one. Um, I can imagine your little face if that had happened. I was, like, oh, I, was going to I was like, oh, this feels coordinated. And I made a few calls and no one else knew much about it. So mm. I started to realise fairly quickly that wasn't the case. Um, so w- but let's we'll talk about Tory Conference as a whole. And you've picked, Jerry, I think, haven't you, some of your favourite bits yeah, about the Tory yeah. Conference. But I thought we should probably just mention some of the news. Um, because I don't know if you know much about this, Jerry, because you you you, you dashed in to help us out on this one. But um, Donald Tusk has tweeted um, that the EU's offer to the UK has always been a Canada plus 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 mm-hmm. deal. Um, now, a Canada plus 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 deal, according to Mr. Tusk, he, he also, um, and this is something you will know about, of course, he also um, had a bit of a go at Jeremy Hunt for comparing yes. the EU to... <laughs> Russia <laughs> misjudged um, that really oh, wasn't it <laughs> Jeremy Hunt really bit of a sort of hand in head moment um, or head in hands moment even uh, both at that both, stage yeah both he, he said that it was um, they were emotional and insulting statements they took and I can see why he was insulted by that to be honest yeah um, but he mentioned this Canada plus 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 arrangement and uh, he'd been meeting with the Irish Prime Minister of course and um, he said that uh, the EU wants a close relationship with the UK that is as close and special as possible. From the beginning, the EU offer has not just been a Canada deal, but a Canada plus 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 deal, much further reaching on trade, internal security, foreign policy. The Brexiteers, Rhys Mogg and whatnot, have gone mental on Twitter about wow. this, saying, we love it, this is it. <laughs> this is a much better idea than Chequers. But the issue, of course, is in what he didn't really address there, and I think where the may diverge, Rhys Mogg and Mr Tusk, is on the Irish question. Yeah, which is still very pertinent. Yeah, well, it's the whole point, the whole sticking point, I think, now for the whole thing, about how, you you know, do do we have a border in the sea? Do we have... And would there be... If there is a border (laughs) in the sea, right? And I'm I'm serious, will there be, like, border guards on, like, boys? On boys, probably not. Do you know what I mean? Like, bobbing about. (laughs) But I want them to be in little booths like they are at the airport, like little floating booths. And you sort of try and got to get up to them if you're on a rowing boat or something. I don't know why you would be. But you've sort of got to get up and... you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, and, it's, and then you've got to pass your passport and not get it wet. Yeah, that, and that is a big problem for passports. They won't work after that. Uh, no, well, not if you drop... I, I did that once, you know. I, I you did. To, <laughs> I went to a pool party and and, uh, and went in the pool with my passport. Passport in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, rookie mistake. Always it, empty your pockets. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, I, I, it dried out, and I managed to get back home. You'll be glad to know. <laughs> Pleased that you'll be with us today yeah. after that <laughs> that trauma. Oh, absolutely. Um he said it was interesting, actually, because Theresa May in her speech yesterday, which, again, we'll go through in a little bit more detail, but um, and we will get to the dancing, do not worry <laughs> about that. She said, we've always been respectful of the EU, and we expect the same from them. But, I mean, Tusk is saying here, you know, in respecting our partners, we expect the same in return. I think that's probably a response to Theresa May in light of what, um, what Hunt said. So there's a bit of anger there from Tusk, but perhaps a little ray of light with the Canada plus, plus, plus thing. Yeah. I don't know... You know, Theresa's got a long way to go and got a lot to do. Yeah, fine. Um, 
the other bit of news I thought that was interesting today was, you know, Theresa May's speech has gone down really well, among certainly among the Tories in the hall. But again today, Steve Baker straight out there saying we got to chuck checkers. Yep. She didn't mention checkers, of course, in the speech. No, no, which I thought was probably quite clever, really. Yeah, sensible, yeah. certainly. Um, but, but, you know... Equally, by not mentioning it doesn't mean it's uh, gone away, no. does it? Um, so he's been out there saying that there is still enough, there is still enough people to vote checkers down. So the ball just a little bit is in Theresa May's court today, I think, and over the coming few days with the uh, with the Tusk comments, she maybe she has a chance to rename checkers checkers plus 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 oh god hey? don't. it gets worse by the day <laughs> <laughs> anyway let's focus on uh let's let's have a chat about the speech first yeah Jerry, and then we'll pick our favorite moments from tory party conference or i'm not sure favorites the word is it the moments that stood out to us yeah definitely. um so firstly what did you think of the dancing <laughs> the best bit about the dancing is how everyone tried to pretend that it wasn't planned and she was some kind of spontaneous madcap gal who had just decided to dance on the stage. Um, complete coincidence, they... Uh, also a dancing. Abba. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, the dancing... I was sat in this exact seat, wasn't I, a few weeks ago, saying how I think it... The, the original dance, dance, um, you know... not uh, the, In Africa. In Africa, that's yeah. the one. Um, had actually been good for her. I think this kind of got to the stage now where everyone's a bit like, oh, really? Give it a rest. I still, I when I saw her dance, go for not. No, it's it was funny when you weren't involved in the joke. Now <laughs> you've taken the joke on. It's like when you talk about bullies and they say, you know, if you if you take the <laughs> yourself first, they can't take the piss <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to bleep that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, t- I mean, I, I, right, I disagree with you. Actually, I was in, the, I wasn't on in the. Um, for leader speech, I tend not to go into the, the hall. I tend to speak to people as they come out of the mm-hmm. hall and see what their thoughts were. Um, I usually bob in it. You can sort of bob in and out for Lee, but you can't do that with the Tories. You've got to be seated and you've got to stay where you are. And, of course, Representative if, if, if that had been the case last year, we wouldn't have been able to chase that stupid comedian down the down the road. So, um, so I tend to sort of hang around outside. But I was watching it. Um, so in the press room, we have lots of TVs everywhere. But the main one that's done by the Tories and not bought in by the media organisations, um, that's right, bought in, you've got to buy them. <laughs> it's £120 a plug at the Tory party conference. Um, it, it, so the main one was showing the, before the leader comes on, they have a sort of video of all yeah. the great things the leader has done this year. She usually kisses some babies and shakes hands of uh, lots of diverse ethnic communities Absolutely. and that sort of thing. I mean, you can imagine. Factory tours, etc. Et yeah, cetera, and then yeah. there'll be words like strong and... Opportunity. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And and then, so I'm that's going on in the background and I'm sort of preparing my copy and um, desperately trying to get a, a preview of the... Because the, the spe- we get the speech previewed, um, the whole speech on mm-hmm. paper... And we don't get it electronically until after the speech in case we want to tweet it out or whatever. Um, because you can't very, type, clearly. Well, no, no, I think, well, we're very lazy, of course. Um, but, yeah, because obviously sometimes it, stuff changes in delivery, yeah. as we saw with Kia, mm-hmm. wonderfully, the week before. So I'm, I'm sat there, I'm, you know, I've, this is about to be a very busy hour or two hours of my life, sort of getting ready. And I look over at the... I was watching the BBC Parliament channel, what this picture was going to be, and they can't show this party political broadcast. Really. Right, fine, yeah. So they're just showing a picture of the hall. And over my shoulder, to my left, 
is this Tory TV that's playing out this video. Mm -hmm. And I kept gazing round and seeing Theresa with a high vis on and a hard hat and, you know, and then meeting with world leaders and stuff like that. And this had been going on for a good two or three minutes. And And I happened to look round and there was a picture of her dancing. (laughs) <laughs> onto the stage and I thought my first thought I, I swear to my first thought was oh that's really funny they've CGI'd her <laughs> onto this video at, from the dance she did and then I looked round and there was about a three second delay between the two televisions yeah, yeah. and there she was <laughs> I, I literally thought this cannot be true Theresa May cannot be dancing to the to the lectern at the at the Tory party conference. And then she was. And she was. And do you know what? Take aside, I thought the speech was so light on Brexit, you know, to to say that we're we're this close to a catastrophic no deal um, exit from the EU, it was it was almost as light as Boris's speech which we'll also talk about. Um but the 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 actual bit of political theatre of her dancing, I mean, it's good, when you look back in 30 years and there will be, oh, here's a montage from 2018, that will be on it, won't it? Her dancing. It's just her and someone else screaming into the abyss past, for the whole thing. Past, yeah, well, her, <laughs> it depends how far in the future it is. Um, I just thought it was one of those great moments, you know, like IDS, The Quiet Man. Yes, yes. Um, and just one of those really great political moments. And... You know, we were we were quite sympathetic to her, but we did laugh at her last year after the conference yeah. speech. Um, but we were sympathetic to her, and again, I still think there's no, she doesn't get a cold; she gets nervous and gets the cough because she was doing it again yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nothing, nothing that bad happened, so she could get through it. Um, but of course, it was an absolute disaster last year. But this year, as a whole, I thought it was really good, and it started well with that dance. So I think you're being cynical, really. I think you're being mean. No one's ever accusing him that before. Well, you know, look, I thought the rest of the speech was, yeah. I mean, like you say, Brexit light, but there were a few good things come out of there. I mean, we'll talk about it in a minute again. But kind of the lifting of the um, housing cap and things like that. You know, there were some good bits in there. I thought. I just um, and and we were worried beforehand that they'd given all their policy away. Yeah. um, And actually. you it was know, just going to be rehashing a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, but actually there were a couple of interesting bits yeah. in there, I thought. And it was delivered well. And it was, the other thing was, as I went down and met the delegates coming out of the speech, it was a unifying moment. Now, let's mm. just park that and go a day before and talk about Boris. Mm-hmm. Did you see that speech? Yeah, I did, yeah. So what did you think of that speech? I, I think it's, as ever with Boris, it's all a lot of bluster and mm. just nothing behind it mm-hmm. every single time and I don't know why um I know I know this obviously wasn't in the speech but just the, um how much he's being paid for you know for his column has been revealed again and I just don't know how he is worth that much money and it's all it's all it's all bluster no trousers isn't it well it's interesting you should use that phrase with Boris of course <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I Yes, absolutely, absolutely my thoughts. I was in the hall for that one. I, it was one of those where I wanted to see if it would be like a Trump rally. You yeah, know? you know, for, for, for someone who seemingly has a lot to say about Brexit and how it should be being done, where where was his solution? Well, there isn't Exactly. He doesn't have it. You know, if you boiled Boris's speech down, this was it. I was a good London mayor, let's do Brexit better, can I be Prime Minister? Yeah. I mean, he could have said that and left. Yeah. He's great fun to watch. Yeah, seen, he's entertaining, isn't he? I've seen two or three Boris speeches now, and um, maybe even a few more, and they're always entertaining. Yeah. He's always fun. He's always funny. It's just, 
there's nothing there. Yeah. Um, and it is terrifying and dangerous to suggest that this man should be in high office uh, and possibly even the highest office. Yeah. So I queued for 90 minutes. Some people, that was a media queue. Some people have been queuing for much longer God. to get into that speech. And there was uh, a, a hardcore element of Boris supporters. But what I would say is there was between 50... Uh, actually, wasn't absolutely full. You could still get in on okay. the very top tier. They opened the top tier. They didn't really make a big deal out of it. So some people, saw some people saying, oh, I couldn't get in. You could have done it if you'd have gone upstairs, yeah. but it was only if you were in the know. So there was between fourteen and 1,500 people in this um, in this hall. It's a big, a very big deal, a very big audience. Yeah. I've certainly never... Most fringes get about 25 people, <laughs> you know, if that. So this was huge. There was a lot of people cheering, a lot of people clapping, a lot of people... But there was also a lot of people that were just there to see the event. Yeah, who had just turned up surely to, because because it's Boris yeah. and because of the landscape at the moment. So if there, if there was 11,000 delegates at Tory conference this year, and that's what we're told, mm-hmm. I reckon maybe 1,000 of them are massive Boris fans yeah. who would back him. Yeah. You've got to... You've got to but, uh, understand as well that people who go to conference are the maddest of the mad well, yes, delegates, yeah. the real, you know, hardcore. Um, so it does make me wonder if if he is actually even like as Tory leader now, having been to conference. I just get the feeling that as soon as I got there and suddenly talking to people, they were fed up of him already. Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's absolutely done. Kind of on the on the kind of larger scale, and you know, I talked about his um, his column a bit, but I think that that has swayed a lot of people against him um, because it's just even clearer than ever that he's only out for himself. Yeah. We know he always has been, yeah, but yeah. I think he's making it clearer than ever now that his only interest is himself. And, you know, hear this, Brexiteers, and uh, I'm not sure there's many listening, <laughs> um, but Remainers, t- you know, take this to, to your Brexity friends who might like Boris. When he was London Mayor, he was, he was pretty centre of the road and well, definitely yeah. an internationalist. The political weather changed, and Boris did as well. Yep. And when the political weather changes next time, don't expect him to still be running with your hard right madness. He yep. will flip and flop whatever suits. Um, and as I said to Steve last week, that's almost worse than Farage and 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 Rees Mogg um, because at least you know where you stand with them. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So Boris, you know, if I was to write, if we were sitting and doing this and. And May's speech had been a complete disaster. I would have said, "Well, Boris derailed it again. He, you know, he went there and people really got behind it, and it felt right, and the, he changed the mood." And I think for that afternoon after the after Boris spoke and in the bars that evening, I think there was a bit of a buzz around it mm-hmm. because until that point, everyone had just kind of been waiting for that moment. Yeah. Um, but but May really, I think, nipped that in the bud with with what the Tories will think was a, was a really good speech. One you know one MP that I spoke to afterwards, Sir Henry Bellingham, who's a, a Tory grandee really these days, he's been around for a long time, said that he'd seen more than forty um, leaders' speeches. God imagine. And a lot of those will have been prime ministers as well, yeah. of course. And he said this was among the very very best ones that he'd seen. Now he's seen some stinkers, to be fair. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I think that's really interesting. And also, what I will say about Sir Henry is that he has been not, never been critical of the prime minister. Um, he's not that kind of MP, but he's certainly been critical of some of her policies and was one of the signatories on an ERG letter as well. So it's you know interesting times there, I think. And and also on on the Sunday, I was talking to someone about Boris. And the Tories said, you know, Labour are divided on this, which they are. Labour are divided on Brexit, no doubt. Um, 
and and we Tories are as well. But it's time now to come together. The Tories always come together at the end. Yeah. And that's why we've been the party of government for so long. And and there is some truth in that. And I just wonder if the tide has turned now for Boris. Yeah, I think it has. I I I think he's done. But, but do you think that leaves an opening for someone like Rhys Mogg, or do you think that that whole hard line Tory Brexit thing is done? Yeah, I th- I actually think the whole lot is done. Mm. I don't see. Boris going away and Rhys Mogg being able to sweep in, for example, I would. Well, maybe I'm overly optimistic, but um, but I think that people have realised that Boris hasn't got it behind him, so none of them have. That poll was huge. You saw the poll just before conference, which said that if if Theresa May went into a general election against Corbyn, she'd win. Mm-hmm. If Boris went into a general election as Tory leader against Corbyn, he'd lose. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know it's a lot of loud shouting, isn't it, when you hear the support for these people? But it's it, it if it's different when people stand there with their, you know, imaginary in this sense, it's a poll, but ballot paper picking who you'd actually want in number ten. Well, absolutely, and I think you know th- there's there's nothing that terrifies Tories right now more than Jeremy Corbyn. Yeah, they would, and 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 I think that is why in the end they will come together under something somewhere. Um, which we yet to be seen what it is, but there we go. So tell us then, Jerry, about the couple of bits that you, that stood out for you from Tory conference. Yeah, so I guess the first bit I want to talk about was um, young people. We've spoken loads. Like you? Things, like me. <laughs> 26 now, Richard. I'm not oh, sure God. if it still counts anymore. Does that, is that when you, you go up a box, don't On you? On the forms. There's no longer 18 to 25. Oh, no, I know. So 26 to 35. Exactly middle-aged now. Is it 26 to 35? I think it is, yeah. And then what, 34 to... I think, to... I think it's quite a big yeah. one. I think it's always. <laughs> anyway, um, it's always been a problem, as we know, for um, Tories to get. Yeah, and we've young spoke about this size. before. Haven't we, we have with momentum. What, and what were that like mad that. group, the Tory momentum? What were they called? Do you remember? Oh, Mogmentum. Is that no, what no, no, there? no, no, no. There was like a semi-official. Activate. Activate. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. They were funny. Um, so I've got quite an interesting, I love a stat, and this stat is quite interesting, I think. Um, 47 is the average age that people stop being Labour voters and become Tory voters. Is that voters. right? Yeah. 47? 47. That's fascinating. Yeah, so, you know, they're, they're not they're not getting the young people. They really wanted to attract more young people to conference this year. I obviously wasn't there. Maybe you'll be able to tell me. People are saying there did seem to be more younger people about well, it. Well, I interviewed Brandon Lewis about this, the yeah. chairman of the party, and he he said that, uh, I think he said one in five was under 25. Okay, okay. Um, you know, Theresa May said as well, didn't she, that there was going to be a different feel, that there were going to be more young people. There, there was a youth zone, which... Yeah, uh, you were all back doing graffiti <laughs> and body popping and... Skateboards? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> and... You know, Graham... The thing is about I don't sorry to butt in, but the thing is about young Tories mm-hmm. is that they look like their dads, yeah, but just without grey hair. Yeah, exactly. They're not real young people. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, you had Graham Brady, for the, who's the chairman of the um, 1928 committee. Yeah. He said that young people should make really good conservatives, so long as they um, haven't inhaled something damaging. Yes, which, like what? Well, I don't know. Nicotine, red wine. Oh, well, I have inhaled red wine. <laughs> not, inhaled. Not on purpose. <laughs> um, and basically, I think they're trying to, aren't they, make, sure, make, make it clear that it's not just kind of old men. You had Liz Truss um, a while back talking about how, you know, um, young Tories are kind of the Uber, Uber riding, Airbnb using, delivery yeah. ordering type people. Yeah. Um, 
But not, I think not, uh, not, um, not, well, uh, not, not Uber driving, yes. Deliveroo <laughs> delivering kind of people. <laughs> but then you had the um, splash in the Daily Mirror, which was this uh, student conservative society who um, were all dressed up and they were wearing, and you'll have to bleep this, T-shirt thing, fuck the NHS, and um, one had a Hitler moustache on. So you can kind of see why young people who might have some conservative ideals are put off getting kind of involved in the in the party yeah party i think i mean you know the uh, young people do very silly things and i certainly did um but if you're going to attach yourself to a political party you, you need you need to be careful and, and and well you know and the other thing is that each party attracts extremists and you're more yeah. likely to to believe that you know revolution and extreme answers to political problems are the answer when you're young that's fine i'm happy with that um but that the, the parties don't want those kind of youngsters no you know we were talking earlier about how conference attracts you know the kind of extremes of people oh, i think some of the suits i've seen <laughs> a woman you see in a full union jack suit oh beautiful and then at labor a chap in a fu- red he was in red from head to toe hat Sure, I didn't ask to see his pants, but I imagine they were red. red that is a look. The whole thing, That's yeah. a look. But one of my favourite quotes, um, actually, on Young People at Conference is um, apparently there were a lot. There's a lot of selfie taking going on, and mm. someone who's about about twenty five apparently said that Liam Fox is their version of Tom Hardy. Imagine. Oh wow. Um, well, yes, there was a lot. It, uh, you know, I, I, most of the most of the MPs that I spoke to were were late because they were having selfies. Um, all the ministers, not so much the MPs. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and and that's true at Labour as well. Um, there is a lot of selfie taking that goes on. It is a very strange thing. I think it's right for the Conservatives to try and be kind of attracting young people, but I think the only way they're going to kind of succeed at it is by enacting some policies that actually the thing. do good things that, for young people. That's the thing. You know, <laughs> often I think uh, young people, and I, I, although, as you often remind me, I am old, I can remember being young, and the reason that I voted in the way I voted was because the policies were the right policies for yeah. me, not because of anything else, not because someone had an app, yeah. you know, that didn't work, as it turns <laughs> out, sadly that's, for Brandon. Although that said, <clears throat> I do think that Brexit is a massive problem still for the Tories and young people because they could have as many policies which help young people as they want. But Brexit is such a cultural thing yeah, that yeah, it can't yeah. be fixed yeah. with policies. It hasn't been a problem for Labour, has it? No. no. Well, not as much. No, definitely no. not. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go on, and you pick, pick your second one. All right, my second one was um, the promise of the end of austerity. The end being... of austerity. Well, that was quite a moment, actually. Yeah. And I, I, had, I had the speech printed out by then and was flicking through it, frantically looking for Brexit lines, but then saw that. And um, so the end of austerity is in sight, doesn't she? Yeah. Um, I just find it really difficult to believe. Um, and the Institute for Fiscal Study said the same, didn't they? They said she'd have to find an extra twenty billion just, just to stand still. Just, 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 just seeing that now, it, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, which you know, where's that money going to come from? And I think there's a massive problem with saying this because not only are there massive cuts still planned over the next three years, you know, not least twelve billion out of the benefit system with universal credit, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But where do you even begin to kind of rebuild the absolute devastation that's been caused by austerity these last, what, eight years? I mean, where do you start? Everyone's got their hands out. The NHS is on its knees. Schools have got their hands out for free school meals, social mm. care, they'll mm. want some money as well. How do you even begin to start 
kind of deciding where you're going to start putting money into again. And there just isn't any money. I think it's a... Well, I, I, the other thing is, I, I said, there's a, if you... I can't really speak, can I? If, um, if you... Re- I'll just read the, the, what she actually said, yeah. actually was. So she said, when we've secured a good Brexit deal for Britain... At the spending review next year, we'll set our approach to the future. So there's two get-outs there. It's a bad deal. Yeah. <laughs> or there is no deal. Yeah. So I think don't yeah. get your hopes up on the end of austerity. No, and I think, you know, she said, we get it. On the austerity thing, well, getting it is so much different than doing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and I think tell that to, you know, I will get on my soapbox here, to the Pure Start Children's Centres that have had to close. Absolutely. And the people at yeah. the food banks and... You know, I think the only thing which kind of showed that that could be serious is lifting of the cap on council borrowing for building council houses, yeah. which she announced, which I, which I do think was really good news. But it has to be accompanied, in my opinion, with the stopping of right to buy. Yeah. Because why are councils going to build loads and loads of houses for them to be bought at 70%, you know, discount? Quite. It's just, it's... It's not going to happen, so I don't think it's very well thought through at no. all, as ever. Okay, well, I'll pick, my, I'll pick my two and I'll be quick. And one's a bit of a cop-out. But the first one is... And again, I feel like I've been really nice to Theresa May today. Um, Pals! I know, we are. We, we were out drinking at conference, you were know. You? Yeah, we went yeah. did karaoke. Yeah, what did you drink? Oh, um, Buckfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to get your hands on in Birmingham yeah. in a Hyatt hotel, I have to say, but we smuggled some in. I... I the bit of her speech that really stood out for me, apart from the bits that were newsy for me, obviously the Brexit and the austerity thing that we, you were talking about there, was, and and it, and it's contrast to what I thought was a very poor, very disappointing Jeremy Corbyn speech, was when she talked about the abuse that politicians face yeah. in in public life. Now she she said that the bitterness and bile is poisoning British politics. What I think was really, you know, she mentioned, and we very uh, strongly had a go at the the anarchist who who was haranguing uh, poor old Jacob Rees Mogg and his mm-hmm. young children a few weeks ago. You know, completely not a good look and not on and not helping anyone's cause, frankly. She mentioned that, but then she went on to speak about Diane Abbott, yeah. and I thought it was, it, it, you know, I disagree with lots of what Diane Abbott says. Theresa May clearly disagrees with her as well, but it shouldn't be. That wasn't what came across in the speech. Was that wasn't the issue? The issue was that they were politicians who had beliefs, who were doing the best for their constituencies, wanting to do the best for the country, and they shouldn't be simply shouted at. So it was really. I thought it was a really nice part of the speech. And um, you know, I'll quote again. She says, "You don't have to agree with a word Diane Abbott says to believe passionately in her right to say it, uh, free from threats and abuse." Some people have lost the sight of uh, the fact that political differences are not everything. And and I think that's. Actually, probably the the bit of the speech that that warmed my heart the most, mm-hmm. and especially because Jeremy Corbyn said absolutely jack shit on it. Yes, yeah. Um, and it is an ongoing disgrace the way his party has dealt with uh, those issues. So it, it's good at least to see one of the party leaders trying to get this um, get on top of this because it, she's absolutely right. The likes of Diane Abbott. Um, and lots of other MPs, and in fact, political journalists shouldn't get abuse on Twitter. Debate is fine. Personal abuse, give it a rest. Yeah, please. absolutely. And my second favourite bit, and this segues into um, little question that we put mm-hmm. on Twitter, was the Dancing Queen yes, and, and the a dancing bit. So, so we asked our um, our loyal followers on tweeters, on, in Facebook and Twitter, what what they thought she should have come on to. 
Um, so I'll do the top one and then we'll do it one in, one, in, one out. Go right? on then. So Martin Jones, he said, The Road to Nowhere by the Talking Heads. Have you even ever heard of that song? I know who the Talking Heads are. <laughs> there might be a few in here that you're going you're gonna to wonder who these bands are. <laughs> no idea what's going on. <laughs> but that's it. The Road to Nowhere. There you go. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah, fine. Um, Tomo says, Won't Get Fooled Again by The Who. I know The Who. Yeah. Um, he says that almost every word of the song rings true. That's absolutely the case. The Who, I'm pretty sure... What was that guy that does the um, the anti-Bush documentaries? Michael Moore. Yeah, he wanted to he wanted to run that that song at the end of one of his films, and the Who wouldn't let him. <laughs> uh, so um, they probably wouldn't, Tories wouldn't have got the rights to do it. Maybe maybe no. they've got a complete political ban on. No, but them. haven't hasn't hasn't someone from ABBA said that they don't let their songs be used for political purposes? I've got a little insight to this, and what because I've asked that question mm-hmm. on pr- previous occasions, not this time, and the answer that came back was. We'll worry about that later. Ah. So they're worrying about it today, yes. probably. <laughs> Nick Deenan, uh, apologies if I got your name wrong there, Nick. The End by The Doors. Have you ever heard that? No, sorry. Well, that would have been, that's also at the start of Apocalypse Now. That's the sort of opening of Apocalypse Now. And it does feel a little bit like Apocalypse Now. Never get out of the boat. This is, um, oh, only by their username. Jebusite one? Or Jebusite, maybe? I don't maybe. Know. Um, or whoever you are, you say, help. Yeah, simple one. I know that one. And uh, I like this one from Phil. This is this is the final one. We had loads more. Please go on and celebrate them online. Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen. And it does feel a little bit like we're all dancing in the dark. Next, we're going to do a Brexit of the Week. Just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you in association with Progress. The centre-left Labour pressure group, their campaign, LabourSay.eu, secured a debate on Brexit at their party conference and changed Labour policy to back a People's Vote last week. Sign up to join them on the People's Vote March on October the 20th at LabourSay.eu. Exeter of the week. Hello, snowflakes, and hello, Richard and Jerry. I'm sorry I can't be with you in person this week. I'm, I'm intimately involved in planning Theresa May's festival of Brexit Britain at the moment, so uh, I, I can give you a little insight into what we've got coming up. There's going to be a no-flight simulator, climb into a model cockpit, and then the, drive the plane on a thrill-packed ride from the stand to the runway, and, and then then you'll drive it back again because there'll be no permits to go uh, overseas. There'll be a Boris dancing event. You'll, you'll learn all the traditional steps while uh, reciting colonialist poetry. We'll be having Britain's most red-faced man competition. You'll, we've got an escape room uh, type thing that, that's called David Davis's Chamber of Willful Unpreparedness. So you, you'll be able to uh, search a mock-up of his office uh, for his Brexit plan. Spoiler there, there isn't a plan. Uh, there'll be a Windrush experience. That's a sort of Parrots of the Caribbean style ride. Uh, you'll be departing from Tilbury Dock to an undisclosed uh, destination in the sun uh, no round trips on that one uh, and then we'll have Wheatfield Runner which is a, a really uh, super naughty video game where you have to hide from the farmer levels of uh, increasingly spare fields as the lack of EU subsidies begins to kick in and and we'll be having the tunnel of Gove that's a sort of I'm a celebrity endurance test contestants will be crawling through a tube they'll have all manner of bees and water voles and North Sea fish and free range puppies and super market waste food all dropped on the head by Michael Gove and and, and we'll be having oh uh, we'll be having empty supermarket suite that's a tribute to Dale Winton poor old Dale 
winter, you'll be scampering past loads of bare shelves in in order to locate the country's last croissant, and and then we'll be having farmer crazy farmer Liam Fox's mechanical hormone enhanced bull. We'll find out what happens when he he gives the traditional fairground mechanical bull an injection of super steroids, uh, and of course there'll be a life size statue of Buckingham Palace made out of spam. Uh, oh, whack a mole! Obviously, you'll be able to whack a mole and then have it for dinner. Um, so I've been planning all of this, but I have done the Brexiteers of the week. Um, should we start with David Davis? Um, he claimed that the Irish border issue, uh, this is a refrain from many Brexiteers now, he's claiming that the Irish border issue has been greatly exaggerated, said on Sky News, it doesn't matter whether you carry a euro or a pound, you can buy your drinks in Belfast in euros and you can buy them in Dublin with pounds. And not only is this completely untrue, but it's just one more reason to never go out for a drink in Belfast or Dublin or anywhere else uh, with David Davis. Shankar Singham, I don't know if you know this guy, he is the uh, a director of the Institute of Economic Affairs. Uh, it's a real refreshing change from the usual excuses that Brexiteers have about why Brexit's going so badly. Um, he has claimed that the European Union are using Brexit to weaponise time itself. Uh, he was appearing at a uh, IEA event with Jacob Rees-Mogg with David Davis. Uh, and he said, we must use time better. The EU has t- used time against us. We must use time as our friend. Oh, damn those pesky Europeans with their clocks and their watches and their deadlines and their use of basic timekeeping, all of that kind of stuff. I can't believe that they triggered Article 50 so early to confuse us. Oh, oh hang on a minute. That was, that was actually us, uh, wasn't it? Nigel Farage now, and with his Leave Means Leave rallies in full flow, the nicotine-stained Manfrog supporters ran a poll on his Facebook page. It was asking, if the UK was to hold a second referendum on our membership of the EU, how would you vote now, knowing what you know? Now, nearly a million votes on this thing, and the verdict came in. It was remain 63%, leave 37%. So let's hope Nigel respects the will of the people, and I look forward to his remain, means remain, battle bus coming to a street near me very soon. Now, I'm in an unusual position this week because... Nadine Doris in the newspaper, the TNE newspaper, is my Brexiteer of the week. But I've had to move her down to number two. Nadine Doris she was rattled by a demo that she saw outside the Conservative Party conference, which was held in the ICC in Birmingham, which you might remember from previous Brexiteers of the week, was actually built with £50 million worth of EU funding. Anyway, she saw a demo by the Labour Party outside of, uh, outside of the ICC, very rattled by this, and she wrote on Twitter, you will never see Conservatives protesting outside a Labour conference. We believe in free speech and democracy. Now, just a thought, but isn't the right to peaceful protest, a hallmark of a democracy which embraces free speech. Anyway, Nadine's own website was then hacked by what she called unscrupulous individuals, and they basically overwrote uh, her old gubbins and wrote that she was demanding an electronic defence system with solar-powered drones deploying a massive blockchain across the uh, Irish border, which is actually more sensible than anything Nadine's come up. Uh, Commenting on this hacking, she said, anyone who has got that much time on their hands needs to turn their energy to useful employment. And really, Nadine is is, is quite the one to talk about having time on your hands because despite being an MP on £77,379 a year, uh, plus expenses, she's got enough time on her hands to have written and published nine novels in the last four years. Funny that, isn't it? But the Brexiteer of the week 
overtaking Nadine Doris is Boris Johnson uh, for his ludicrous fringe speech, his ludicrous fringe, and his ludicrous fringe speech at the Conservative Party conference. It occurs to me, he said, that the authors of the Chequers proposal risk prosecution under the 14th century statutes of Primunary, which says that no foreign court or government shall have jurisdiction in this country. He said this to wild applause. Look it up, he said, Primunary. And, of course, as the secret barrister has pointed out on Twitter, this would all have been very well if Boris Johnson had only spotted that in 1967 the concept of primunary was repealed by the Criminal Law Act. So he doesn't know what he's talking about. Boris Johnson also said a people's vote would be disastrous for trust in politics. Now think about that for a second. Boris Johnson is calling out something for eroding trust in politics. It's very hard to, to, to write in a funny way about Brexit every week, but even funnier when your opponents do the jokes for you. So Boris Johnson is my Brexiteer of the week. That was the New European Podcast, brought to you in association with Progress, the centre-left Labour pressure group, changing Labour Party policy on Brexit, opposing a Tory hard Brexit, and building for a People's Vote March on the 20th of October. Find out more at laboursay.eu right now. If you haven't already, please go out and buy the New European. It is on sale now, it's £2.50. There is lots of great stuff in there, not just politics, not just Brexit, lots of arts and culture as well. We will be back next week. Until then, Mr Campbell, play those bagpipes. Here you go.